Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Just when you thought AEW didn't have enough wrestlers to focus on, they make you fall in love with one more. Because last night, Chris Jericho comes out for a routine squash match. It was against a guy. He even said it was a tune-up match against a jobber. The crowd chanted that he was a jobber. He didn't get an entrance. He didn't get a name bar. He, I didn't even write down his name on my notes because I've seen this movie before and Jericho wins with a Judas effect in under a minute. Yep. Let's move on to the next segment. I was like, we've got two more matches to go yet. But what happened instead is the guy kicked out of a code breaker. Yeah. Everyone's like, what the? Crowd went ballistic. It started. Let's go jobber chance. They go to ad break, comes back, and then the jobber, who is Action Andrade, won in an excellently designed segment. Just magnificent storytelling. My name's Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, D.A.D. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Winter is Coming podcast review. Please click the subscribe button. If you haven't already subscribed, press the thumbs up button. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of the show and send in your mega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars before the end of the show. And a big thank you to this video's sponsor... Surfshark VPN. That's absolutely right. If you want to get hold of the best version of the WW Network, if you're one of those people in the United States of America and you want to get hold of iPlayer 4OD, you need to get yourself a VPN. And the best one to get is Surfshark VPN. Use the promo code, use the link in the video description down below, WT Podcast, and get yourself 83% off. Ooh. And three months extra for free. That's so many free things. It's all the free stuff. It's an excellent service. It's sort of our, it's our official WrestleTalk family VPN of choice. We all it use it. We've we had it on our it. phones for years. HBO Max is how I get to, I, I've seen like the Batman via HBO Max. We all watch HBO Max yep. via Surfshark. So please do uh, get yourself a VPN. It also encrypts your web traffic and it's very secure in that respect. So check those out. Click the link in the video description below. It doesn't only support you, it also supports us. Every click. Indeed. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Can I read you my notes for this match? Go ahead. As they're written down. They put Jericho's lower third over this action lad, because I hadn't got what his name was. They said action something, and I because they just put his they put Jericho's lower third up. So I was like, oh, I don't know what his name is. Wasn't Bronson. No. And then I've then written, he gets in more offense than you'd think. He even kicks out of a code breaker. This crowd's going ballistic. Let's go jobber chant. Oh, there's an ad break. Action makes a comeback with some chops. The crowd goes more nut. This is incredible. He jucks Judas effects and knocks Jericho to the outside. Holy S chance from the crowd. He's a shooting star press and pins Jericho. That was supposed to be a tune-up match. This was expertly designed and it ties into one consistent character thread for Jericho since his JAS reinvention at the start of the year because Jericho lost his ROH world title. His whole campaign to dismantle Ring of Honor is now over and he's got to stand in front of his JAS faction, Jake Hager, 2.0, Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia, Tay Mello, 
Anna J. Oh, I feel like I was doing survival series there. <laughs> That's all of them. That is all of that them. That is all of them. And he's got to like stand there and say, yeah, I'm still your leader, even though I just lost. I'm Tapped rather... out to the giant swing. In a humiliating way. And he like says to Daniel Garcia in a backstage segment early on, well, you, you, you losing your title, though, to Wheeler Utah, that's not on, mate. You need to learn from your elder, Sammy Guevara. Now, in fairness, Sammy Guevara is older than Daniel Garcia. Hmm. So, folks, where's the lie? <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> it's like my favorite. It's my favorite thing <laughs> from this whole year of wrestling. <laughs> That and scripts. <laughs> scripts. What a, yeah. So Jericho has this and he's like, well, I'm going to go out there, routine squash match, easy. And I'm going to move on to next things, set myself up for success in 2023. He was even saying he's having a rematch against Claudio, which I think now for <laughs> me suggests that he just thinks he's entitled to a rematch, mm. but he's now not going to get one. He comes out and he underestimates his opponent. His uh, confidence is knocked off the back of the ROH title loss, and he loses. I would love so, so everyone's talking about Action Andretti and this amazing moment they had, and no doubt about it. But what's doubly exciting is Chris Jericho's trajectory after this. Is he going to go on a losing streak? Are we going to get despondent, down and out, existential crisis Jericho? Because that, for me, is the perfect place to take him after what he's done in AEW so far, a comedy loser. The, because he's been portraying himself as the Ocho, the Demo God, the this, the that, the greatest ring of honor, the greatest sports entertainer and whatnot. So for him then to, yeah, go on a losing streak and become despondent Jericho, it's a really interesting character arc for him to go into the new year. And I also think he's done, you know, JS has a lot of comedy elements, but they are, particularly with the ring of honor stuff, a serious faction. Now we can get full on comedy Jericho. A little bit of the bubbly, oh, but actually I've got drinking problems. There's so many ways you can go with this. Because even in his freak out that he was having backstage where he was throwing things around, he wasn't even doing that well. He tried to slam a door, but it was one of those doors that's got the little <laughs> hydraulic thing on it, so it closes really slowly. <laughs> he can't even slam doors when he's angry. So yeah, that's really exciting for Jericho, but should we talk about Action Andretti, which is... Again, all of this is a Jericho creation. You've got the, the quote. I have indeed, yes. This is from Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio. The story behind that is that Action Andretti had a match on one of the streaming shows, it was dark, against QT Marshall, and Chris Jericho was watching the match and decided at that moment, this guy's gonna be a star. And so he decided that he was gonna make him a star. This was way back. He had all this other stuff to do, the Claudio food, the other matches. This match on this date, this was not something where it was decided like yesterday, this was weeks and weeks and weeks ago. So Jericho saw this guy and was like, I'm going to lose to that guy in a uh, what's supposed to be a squash match. But first, I've got a lot of other stuff that I need to finish. But I will come back to this <laughs> and we'll do it then. I'll find out when the match was, actually. I'll go to the, the lad's cage match yeah. and find out. I mean, he's, re he's good. He's really good. It, there's no character to him because at the moment, we just know him as oh, there's a local enhancement talent guy who's already standing in that corner of the ring. Yep. The lights aren't on him. He's behind the ring announcer guy. So and yeah, it was on, wow, the 7th of October. So three months ago. Yeah. Two, three months ago. But his offense was pretty neat. Like he, And he had a good comeback at points. I've never heard of him. Like no. I've, not, I've not heard his names on the indies or See, other I th promotions. I think he's quite a local lad to the mm. Texas area that they were in. And from what I was you know, reading in the chat there, um, before the stream started, a lot of people saying, like, you should check out his other stuff. He's actually really, really good. And one of my favorite comments, actually, was someone left said, like, when Smash started, I just looked at my phone because I knew where this yeah, was going. Yeah. And then it was like, you know, you put the phone down because you hear, you hear the kick out of the Judas effect. And this crowd, like action was a great part of this. Andrade, that is, as well as the in-ring action. And Jericho is a big part of this. But this crowd, like New York in Sex in the City, was the third part of this match. <laughs> They're almost a character in themselves. That's, they were. It's a, it really is. That you, that because you, it's an unknown going in. How well will the crowd get on board with stuff? That MJF Regal promo from a couple of weeks ago, it was long. It was a bit crammed, but that was a great performance by MJF. He could not get them to boo him for love nor money. 
It was just a bad crowd. Last week's crowd were great, but this week's crowd were just insanely on top of everything. The whole night they were fantastic. And I said to you, I've seen great AEW crowds. And this is in the tippity top of all the crowds they've had. And it's a testament to AEW's quality that they can inspire such a rabid reaction from their audience. But there seemed to be a bigger reaction. I'm, I'm just thinking, what has changed this week in AEW? Oh, on Monday, the new production head is rumored to have, as reported to have started. A production head that is apparently so talented, people in WWE are like, that's the best hire AEW have ever made. Yeah, it was a Fightful Select report that had that, which was there was a, a, one of their sources is very anti-AEW, but they said that's the greatest hire they've made all year because this guy was being positioned to take over Kevin Dunn. Mm -hmm. So he was going to be the new head of production for WWE and AEW has snapped him up instead. And... I almost feel like it's no coincidence then that this is probably one of the better produced shows that AEW have had, particularly when it comes to crowd ambience and crowd noise. Well, that's it. I just felt, because we get messages in the chat all the time where we're like, oh, it's a bit of an average crowd. And people will go, I was there. I've not heard a louder crowd. And I'm like, well, it's obviously AEW's mic and issues. And it's been a constant problem has. in that company that there'll just be audio issues. Cut to the back, mic doesn't start or there's a delay, you know, it's always a thing. I didn't notice anything here. And the, the crowd just sounded fuller. Yeah. They weren't just loud, they were fuller, which implies to me a new miking setup. But I have no idea. No. Maybe I'm just, this is just a placebo effect because I heard that it had been Because you heard the story and then yeah, you yeah. see a crowd like this. Because it did feel like this crowd was more rabid than they've had for quite some time. Mm -hmm. almost felt like. And this crowd was going ballistic for everything in this. And I feel like the crowd, because this match could have got over like a wet fart. Yes. If with, with a bad crowd who don't get behind Action Andrade, this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But this crowd got behind this guy and the chance really helped the holy s chance the let's go jobber chance when he started making the comeback and doing some chops it was like you know the rock was making a comeback <laughs> against a heel steve austin like it was really really impressive and it started what i loved about this crowd reaction as well is that they did it ironically to begin yeah, with yeah, yeah. because you're just cheering on the jobber but then it turns into genuine reaction and then when he wins, he pins Chris Jericho with a shooting star, a running shooting star press. There's people like jumping up and down, filming things on their phone, grabbing their friends, being like, oh my God, what just happened? It was a superb bit of production. Great layout, great idea, yep. great veteran instincts from Jericho because he knows that crowd. He is orchestrating them with his ring psychology. Great performance from Andrade. This is just... One of those moments where everything just worked together and it was a beautiful moment of collaboration. The, the only time recently I can think of that is probably the acclaimed tag match. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all out. Yeah, and like this was... Jericho didn't just put him over with a roll-up either, which mm, I thought, like, you know, yeah, when I, yeah. afterwards I was like, oh, man, I'm surprised they didn't do one of the roll-up I still finishes. thought he was going to win. Yeah. Until the very end. When he when he set up for the Judas Effect, I was like, all right, well, there it is then. And then yeah, yeah. the Judas Effect, I was like, yeah, but he'll hit another one because he's doing loads of springboard stuff. It'll be a mid-air Judas yeah. Effect or something along those lines. And it wasn't even a roll-up. He hits what I presume is his finish and pins Jericho clean. And Jericho didn't immediately like sit up and stuff, but he did just sort of like get onto his side and had this face. The face we used in the thumbnail of, uh-oh. <laughs> oh, oh, what just happened? And I think that's even more impressive for Jericho to be putting that guy over using his finish rather than just, it was a fluke roll-up win. Mm -hmm. This guy won this match. That is how you put someone over. Yeah. It's, and it really does like, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, the, the sort of like louder anti-AW crowd will say, Jericho never puts anyone over. And you sort of look back at the history of AEW and like, it feels like that's all he's ever done mm -hmm. since he's got mm -hmm. there. And this seems to be like the crowning example of that. Yeah. And uh, what an what a unselfish thing to do as well. You know, he's he's just lost. A lot of guys will be like, well, I need to get my heat back now. I'm the most important thing and me being a big star in this company. It's good for me. It's good for the company. He went out there and went, I'm going to put over this unknown. So yeah. just a remarkable, uh, magical segment. But can okay. you can you capture this now? Because that's the one thing that mm. AEW have never really been great at outside of the acclaimed, I would say. You know, Hook, let's look at the uh, Hook, yeah. a guy who was on fire last year. 
Wheelie Utah earlier this year, a guy who was on fire after that Garcia. match. Garcia. And a, they <clears> all get taken off the boil. Uh, have we got enough confidence in this company to keep this guy on the boil? What do you do with Action Andrade next? I would say to Kestra as well. Well, you've got those, but then you've also got people like the Acclaimed and MJF, who are homegrown stars who have had the trigger pulled on them. I don't know. I do not know where you take Action Andrade. Um, I am, but but yeah, let's see how this one pans out. Mm -hmm. Unlike something I'll come back to later, using this exact uh, thing, which yeah. I do because I do not think they have done that for Ricky Starks. Which I disagree with, but I also think that part of my defense of why I don't think it's been a bad thing for Ricky Starks is based on pure speculation yeah. on my part, based on a promo earlier on the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, let's see what you all thought in the Omega chat. Please send them in to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We read it over five US dollars by the end of the show. Enigma89x says, I actually telegraphed that Action Andretti went oh, S word. No one thought that was happening. He's the heavyweight champion for my local wrestling promotion, MCW Maryland Champion Wrestling. Okay, yeah. Big, relatively big indie. Uh, once I remembered they were a long ways from Maryland, I thought to myself, he's going to win it, isn't he? I'm not sure if I, I'd, I certainly didn't go into this thinking no. that like, because this, you know, Jericho had set this up and it's one of those beautiful things of like, once he loses, you go back to the promo. He kind of was like, oh, you know, they telegraphed mm. quite early on that he was going to lose this match. But wrestling has taught us that you go, you uh, zigging and then they zagged instead i i thought it was really good i i didn't see it coming whatsoever and he's been signed as well he got the all elite mm -hmm. graphic uh, after the show as well yeah great great slim condensed roster <laughs> kevin says a few weeks ago i said that i had to stop watching the reviews live because of time and financial reasons or well, despite not having a very despite having a not very a not good very bad year at work 
your boy managed to get an 8% raise. Thanks for helping go through this year and happy holidays. Well done, Kevin. Well done, Kevin. He continues. AEW continues to be a lot of fun, and although winter wasn't very newsworthy like before, it was still very good. The crowd was great, the in-ring is always impeccable, and I think Jericho's loss might send him to a dark place... Maybe a gimmick change? Dark place, dark place, dark place. <laughs> I hope so. And just finished watching the news episode, WC, W. Morrissey just went from Big uh, Bill to Big Willie. The Big Ass. Big Ass. <gasps> yes, like the sea. Amazing. Put that on a t-shirt. Uh, Juan Villa, member for 15 months, says, me and my best friend were so 420, the Let's Go Jobber chant had us dying of laughter during the whole match. Hell, I'm 420 right now, jam that jam. That's only 20 past three here. <laughs> and Jimmy G, a member for 14 months. It's hard to believe what a year Jericho has had. For me, this was one of the best of the year, Best, his best for the year. Action seems to have something. Hashtag let's go jobber. It's been really cool to see. Like it, I listen to uh, you know some wrestling podcasts um, after Dynamite and stuff. You know, I listen to Wrestling Observer Radio, Stephen Lass, and listen mm. to Fightful and stuff. This was after this episode was probably the first time in a few weeks where I really wanted to listen to other mm. people's thoughts, particularly on this segment. And like, really, I was like, I can't wait to hear other people's reaction yeah. to this and that main event as well, because I thought the main event was so much fun. So it was really nice again. Like for me, like, you know, it's, it's funny. Kevin said in his chat there that uh, it wasn't a very newsworthy winter is coming. But for me, like, I, I mean, maybe I've, I've been a bit naive on this one, but I thought this was like the best dynamite in ages. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. This this really felt like the dynamite of old. Um, I I can't remember where it ranked. I gave it eighty five percent overall. Um, but that is like amongst the highest it's been. Yeah. For for months, months and like since May, because everything from May onwards has sort of been seventy low eighties. Uh, I thought it was a tremendous episode. Do you know what else I think is tremendous? Mm -hmm. uh, Surfshark VPN. So get you get yourself Surfshark VPN. Use our link in the video description down below. Use that promo code WT Podcast. You get yourself eighty three percent off and three months extra for free, oh. ladies and gentlemen. It is the VPN of choice here in the Wrestle Talk office and household where we access HBO Max. If you're in America and you're one of those. Poor unfortunate souls using the uh, peacock. What a load of cock it is. Get yourself the proper WWE network using VPN Surfsharks. VPN, in fact. Get yourself the proper version of the WWE network. The easy to access one. I've got it on my phone. When I leave the house, away from a trusted Wi-Fi connection, immediately it knows when to come on. Protecting me from any anybody trying to hack me in the mean, hackable Cafes of Walthamstow. Oh, it's mean there. Oh, and so yeah. I've heard nothing but mean things about Walthamstow. It's exclusively full of mums and babies. But I know all those babies are trying to hack into my phone via the shared Wi-Fi connection. Hey, they filmed the opening to Games Master Series 5 in Walthamstow. Dominic Diamond got hit by a bus in that intro. I know how Walthamstow can be. In the 90s. Yeah. No, I, I didn't know this uh, because it was the... It's Christmas right now. And East 17... Uh, popular boy band from the 90s. They are so named because E17 is the postcode of Walthamstow. Yeah. And this is where I live, of course. I uh, bought a house. And <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. I bought a house. Oh, wow. And they turn on the Christmas lights every year. Stay now with the Parkers and everything. Yeah. It's not actually a Christmas song. And <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's a Christmas song. The video, they're all in white puffer jackets. Yeah. There's snow falling down. Isn't that a re release, though? Yeah, but it's, you know, but when you And put, they just added some jingles in. Yeah, you've got some jingle bells in there now. <laughs> and then the snow falls down. Christmas song all of a sudden. Their debut album, I didn't know this, is called Walthamstow. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Back before it was amazingly gentrified. <laughs> this is what people come to the Wrestle Podcast for. They came on the uh, Monday, the Tuesday review that me and Pete did to talk about Lynx Africa Christmas sets mm -hmm. and Biker Grove, yeah. which I actually made a mistake in. I said it was Deck that got blinded in uh, Biker Grove. It was Ant that uh, got blinded. Of, co of course it was Ant Pet. He got the pinballs <laughs> in his eyes. Of course it was Ant. It was never going to be Declan, was it? He was too smart. Mm. Foreheaded it. <laughs> that again is Ant. Yeah. They've both got giant foreheads. No, Ant Ant's forehead's well more massive than Deck's. They've got five heads. <laughs> I've also got a five head. I can say that. They're my people.
so this episode of winter is coming no one came so first cross no veer no scripts uh no i suppose i was about to make a mandy rose joke then but uh, I, uh, I couldn't think of it off the top of the head no i thought better of it but you said it anyway. Yep. <laughs> you put it out there. You put the workings on there at the, on the table. Everyone, people smarter than I, funnier than I, can finish that joke up for me. They started with the middle. We are on match four of the Young Bucks and Death Triangle Best of Seven Trios Championship Series. Uh, Death Triangle with 2-1 up. I d- could have gone either way, to be honest. Yeah, I was wondering whether they were going to tie it up here or, you know, Death Triangle would take it to three with the Elite, then having to make a three-match comeback. Apparently, when I was listening to Stephen Larson, this is a specific basketball reference to a best-of-seven game series that they right. are making here. Um, I cannot remember what the teams are. It was the uh, the Boston Drinkers. No, no. It's the Space Jam ones. Oh, well, of course. Yeah, sure. so, yeah, so it's the Toon Squad yeah. and the Monsters. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And, this, and we've got the, the Toon Squad here in the form of the Elite. They're great storytellers. This was set up in the cosplay from last summer. Absolutely. So it's an interesting hurdle that this had. Obviously, they're the some of the best wrestlers in the world ever in the ring in this seven-match series. And you have had three fantastic matches. But really, it's just one long match, isn't it? It just—it was one long match, told around a hammer, and this is the potential snag point. It's in the middle. You're at danger at stuff starting to get old if it's just spot, spot, spot. So what I think they did really smartly was use this midpoint as a catalyst to change not just the dynamics and the underdog element to this because Nick Jackson was really taken out injured his ankle was whacked with a hammer he was out before then had to come back through injury through pain so he's going to be fighting through injury for the rest of the series but the next three matches are going to be big steps they're gimmick matches they after this match they announced next week's is no dq awesome the next match after that will be falls count anywhere so much fun which ties lovely into match two of this or yeah match two oh, of yeah, all of started this. off crazy yeah and then the final if should should this go, and I can't imagine that it would do, should this go to match seven, the ladder, the ladder match that they had, all out number one was the ladder match between the Young Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Yeah. Now we're adding in Kenny and Pac. And it's, it's one of the things I've really loved about this series. When I loved the match that they had at um, Full Gear, I was like, that was one of my favorite matches of this year. I absolutely adored it. And then later on, they announced, oh, we're going to do six more of these. And me and Tabas were like, yeah, this is the best day ever. But you're right. There's that opportunity of just like, I've seen this now, particularly because they're so frequent Mm -hmm. with each other as well. And then Pac and Omega just started wrestling each other. And I was like, no, I think I could probably just watch this forever, to be honest. I wrote down when they got in the ring together, I was like, this is just wrestling heaven. Yeah, it is. Watching yeah. them both. It's so, I've, and I've really missed watching Kenny wrestle. Mm. I've said it before yeah. and I'll say it again. I've really missed watching Kenny wrestle. And him and Pac working together is just absolutely magic. And they had some really nice story beats in this. You mentioned they Nick Jackson got hurt very early on in the match. A kayfabe uh, injury in all of this. But hot damn, did he sell that well? He did because you had Cutler there and Nakazawa there and Don Callis and then an actual the Doc Samson came up to have a look at him and he got taken to the back just before the commercial break and then Penta hits the fear factor on Matt Jackson on the apron so now Matt Jackson out of the match we don't see Matt again for the rest of the uh, the events so Kenny's on his own looking for that hot tag out comes Nick Jackson the beautiful wonderful baby face return that he makes he gets the hot tag and runs wild in only a way Nick Jackson can, which is chef's kiss beautiful. All punches as well because he well, can't yeah. use his ankle. I was going to say, runs, not really, hobbles. No. Yeah. And it was not a Nick Jackson hot tag. Nick Jackson hot tags are flips and running the ropes and flipping outside. It was only the way that he could do it to make it all punches. Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. On- the only way he could do it, not the only, only way, way Nick Jackson. Um, it was remarkable selling. Uh throughout from the injury where he just sort of tweaked it and rolled it and was like oh no actually this is worse and like oh i need to sit down it was so well done and then you compare that to like the seth rollins and jack perry selling from later on which is really ow gonna do my move anyway it actually affected his move set so this this was just perfect yeah and then the death triangle hit well it was actually penta so ray phoenix catches the kick the one kick that he did throw 
and Penta hits him with the hammer in the injured ankle. And he collapses. Ray Phoenix locks in a knee bar, which is a target to the ankle. And Nick Jackson is forced to tap out, which means they've now gone 3-1 up. And they were really putting over here that now that not only are they at a two-match deficit, they're also not at 100%. Matt got the fear factor on the apron. Nick's ankle is hurt. And Kenny Omega took the brunt of this match because he had no one to tag to. So like just prior to Nick Jackson comeback, he took an, that inverted Spanish fly. Yeah. was nuts. Then hit the Penta driver. Then the inverse frog splash by uh, Ray Phoenix. And he only just about <laughs> avoided the Black Arrow. So he's taken a hell of a beating. They are not at a hundred percent going into match four which is now a must win for them on oh, no, a match five which is a must must win and it's no dq yeah i i think this is this is great it's better than i could ever have foreseen it i of course you you come in with concerns like oh they're amazing but this is this is seven matches and i i can't they haven't put a foot wrong um, excellent. Yeah, it's brilliant. And so Omega. So excited for the ladder match. Omega got the. Well, if it gets to that point. No. Yeah. Uh, so Omega grabs the mic afterwards and he's the one who says, you know, hey, why don't we just make the hammers legal for next match? Do you know what? Why don't we make all matches legal? And packs on the outside guy, like, oh, that sounds great to me, pet. I can't <laughs> wait for that one. And then, yeah, they announce later on falls count anywhere for match six. And should it go to match seven, which I cannot see it happening, ladder match. That's the de la, de la Muerte ladder match. Oh, on TV. You know I love a ladder match. Oh, we all love a ladder match here, but this man in particular loves a ladder match. I'm like, climb it slower. But climb that ladder but do you slower. the last time they had the ladder match and you got really oh, scared? Oh, it was too much. It was too much. And you, that was when you said, they're such brave boys. They're so brave. <laughs> so brave. I Nick Jackson did that horrible spill to the outside. Remember, he did that horrible like that. whiplash. Yeah. Oof. Uh, well, yeah, very exciting stuff. Cannot wait for the next matches. We cut backstage. Alex Marvez is talking to MJF. MJF just cuts a magnificent promo that does everything it needs to do to get over him, to get over Ricky, like it was Brilliant. nothing. So good. Um, he had a great line. What happens when pressure is applied to the pebble? Does he turn into diamond or dust? Yeah. Uh, the acclaimed then come out. Max Caster starts to talk about bringing back the tag titles like Brittany Griner and boo the opponents like Elon Musk, you know, pop culture references, check. And then the actual stars came out. <laughs> Team TNA attacked them. Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, and the one in a billion Satnam Singh. They lay out these idiots, these awful not over talent. They stand tall with the tag titles and Jeff Jarrett grabs the microphone and says, you little bitch, <laughs> listen up, slap nuts. And he stands tall. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best segment on the whole show you know what it was at this moment i thought this crowd is full of idiots <laughs> they will cheer anything because they popped huge for jay lethal sat down seeing jeff jarrett and sanjay the, duck coming out the stars arrived everyone knew they were going to get to hear my world it was, it was the best thing on the show look at this crowd going nuts with tna chance everyone loves this group they should, win the, they should win the tag champs. They should win the tag titles. FTR could have been could have held all the championships. <laughs> but now they they lost the AW title match. They lost the ROH tag titles at the but weekend. They're, they're busy with the ass boys. So you've got to let these... Got to let, you know, let's get through this big feud first. Then maybe we can lower ourselves down to FTR. Jericho did the JS segment backstage we already talked about. Jungle Boy had a really good match, I thought, with Brian Cage. I, I really enjoyed Brian Cage in this. He, he seemed to be oozing a bit more charisma. Yeah, it's just won a title. Yeah. And, yeah he's six-man sure. ROH uh, champion. Oh, with, yeah, they with, beat the boys and done With the other lads. And, um, yeah, this, was, this has been set up from the Battle Royal the previous week as uh, Jack Perry eliminated him from that. But the match was basically Brian Cage worked him over for a long time. And then uh, he and, and Jack Perry sold his neck yeah. to the dive. And then uh, Jack uh, got the snare trap on Brian Cage, but he tapped out. But Prince Nana was causing a distraction uh, with the referee. Bit of uh, to and throwing. Cage and Nana collide, roll up. Jungle Boy wins. Jack, Dallas uh, crowd. Jack Perry. Yeah, Dallas crowd still very hot. Really, this was all just a way to say Jungle Boy beats monsters. He's defeated Luchasaurus, he's defeated Brian Cage. Now he's going for the biggest penis of them all. It's Big Bill. Bullet Bill. 
gets called out. Stokely Hathaway comes out and said, but it was worth it because Taz just goes, that's not Big Bill, by the way. <laughs> Good job Taz is here to let us all know <laughs> these things. Uh, Moriarty and Big Bill attacked JP and hit a huge chokeslam mm-hmm. on him. Uh, and then, who comes out to make the save? Well, I, you know, I don't care about the firm. I've been quite clear in that. I wasn't, I, I like the Brian Cage bit of this, but Jack Perry, I'm, you know, I just, I'm not in. I'm not into him. Just not vibing with me. I know I get any vibes with everyone else, but he's just not vibing with me at the moment. Uh, but then Hook came out. I I did not see this coming no. either. Well, why would you? Why? Because he's barely it's a on total TV. Surprise. Yeah. So Jungle Boy's being beaten down by uh, the firm here, mm. and then Hook's music hits, and we haven't heard it for so long. I was like, I recognise this. What? Who? <gasps> the crowd were going nuts, and Hook comes out, and I genuinely was like, <gasps> "It's Hook!" It was. This is like the first big thing that feels like mm. Hook's been attached to. Hook comes down, and Moriarty and Big Bill, very smart people, are like I'm getting out of here. Yeah. So they exit the ring while he just stands there looking awesome. Helps Jungle Boy up. They shake hands. What a cool hair team they've got. It's just big hairs versus some big lads. Yeah, I really hope there's some follow-up to this. Uh, It is the firm, but it is also probably the most substantial thing that Hook has ever done. It felt, I said in my review, because of the way Hook has been treated this year, this felt like a call-up. It felt like a main roster call-up debut. And everyone had been watching NXT, which is Rampage or pay-per-view pre-shows for this purpose. And yeah, here he is on Dynamite. I'm so excited. I think Hook is... Wait, he's got something. Yeah, I'm I'm completely. He has got an aura about him. He has got it. And, you know, you look at that that first half hour, 40 minutes of this show, it was Death Triangle, it's the elite. Two groups have been very heavily focused within AEW in the early days of the Mm. promotion. Jack, Jack Perry, Brian Cage, Hook, MJF kind of promo. It's all of those homegrown stars that we've been sort of looking to get out of AEW for some time. So it was really nice to see. I think there's also an element of ROH is not taking up as much TV time. It's what Tony said was going to yeah. happen when they, in the media call. Final battle was the bookend to the last six months of ROH being having a being very prominently featured on AEW. And hopefully this means we can get back to what I've missed more than anything. It's a focus on AEW talent. Yeah, absolutely. People like Hook. Uh, we got a pro- excuse me. We got a promo backstage with Mox, Claudio, and Wheeler Utah. Claudio and Utah, of course, have their ROH title belts. And Mox set up a match with Sammy Guevara. Yeah, he did say that this will be the end of it. He said that last week. Well, that's what I was. That's was going to be my point. Is that I feel like we've been saying, and this will be the end of it now for for some time. Oh. Yeah, it did say at the end something about Hangman Page. So that's the real direction for Moxley. Yeah. But yeah, that we should not have any JAS Blackpool Combat Club interaction. Uh, Swerve Strickland had a video package talking about Keith Lee. They're going to have a face-to-face next week. So hopefully that's another thing. Finally, we yeah. can get to that. House of Black had a terrific squash match victory against the factory. Started off, they did their entrance, which is a sight to behold. And Nick Comaroto got in Julia Hart's face. He's got a lollipop now, I guess. It's a toothpick. It was a toothpick. Yeah. And Julia Hart... throw a lollipop at someone. So I know. What if it gets in her hair? Julia Hart was just like... I <laughs> <laughs> missed him. And that set, Brody King and Buddy Matthews beating up the rest of the factory. All the while, QT Marshall's in the ring going, uh, uh, Malachi Black's in the corner just waiting so coolly and calmly. And then Matthews and King get back in the ring... QT Marshall doesn't know what to do. Black Mass. Yep. Excellent squash match. There was a spot during this beatdown where Buddy Matthews hit Murphy's Law, which is his finish, on Aaron Solo, onto... <laughs> I forgot what his name is now. Chris Carter? Cole he, no, Carter. He, Cole Carter. Chris Carter created the X-Files. <laughs> Cole, Cole Carter. He hit it on the guy who created the X-Files, who was on a table. Mm. And the table did not break. <laughs> 
oh, it looked rough as assholes, and it looked no fun for anyone. But it was a lot of fun for me watching at home to watch QT Marshall get his head kicked clean off his shoulders by Malachi Black. Loved all of this. And uh, Julia Hart basically doing grown-up children of the corn, hmm. uh, I, I think is a wonderful visual. I Personally, I don't think... I think Julia Hart somewhat jars with the rest of the act. Um, but fine. The, the This, to me, feels like they are going to keep having these awesome squash matches for about three weeks. And then, when the Best of Seven series is wrapped up, these guys come out and challenge the winners. Yeah. Probably the elite. Which will be just have another best of seven why well not? why not because then you get buddy matthews and kenny and Mayer. yes yeah seven times over <laughs> if it gets to seven of course uh we got the jericho oh no we got sky blue setting up a match for rampage with Britt baker i will say they did seem to be loading up this okay. episode of rampage yeah. moxley's wrestling baker is wrestling best friends are on there um with orange cassidy mm -hmm. feels like yeah it's a feels like a big time rampage that very few people will watch. Yeah, uh, The Jericho match came next, which was just extraordinary. Ricky Starks, excellent promo backstage. FTR cut a promo on the Ass Boys after their ROH final battle match. Um, they looked really beaten up. Yeah, they did a little bit, didn't they? They had bandages, they had bruises, they had cuts. Yeah. They were... They, had, they I mean, it was quite a violent match. <laughs> They really did beat the piss out of each other. I don't think they're doing the whole predetermined. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's hard when you're in there with the Briscoes because I don't think the Briscoes know that <laughs> wrestling's worked. Um, Jericho trashes the backstage area in anger. We get a wonderful shot of Starks warming up and he's doing the like the, the, the bands thing. He's putting in the effort. He's in a cold car park area. And then it's countered by a shot of MJF on a massage table and MJF's on his phone. Just such a, it's a really good visual contrast between the two characters. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Tay Mello then took on Ruby Soho. The crowd were even hot for this. Yeah, which is remarkable because it wasn't that great. Oh, I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, fine's, yeah, fine's a good way to put it. I thought it was, uh, it certainly was fast-paced, hard-hitting. I think the standard of women's wrestling has been higher in AEW as of late, so I think mm. just being just fine. I think it's why I'm a bit harsh on Anna Jay sometimes, mm. but I think just be, being just fine. It's, and when, when it's the only women's match on a card, because they only ever do one a week, if it's just fine, it really feels like it sticks out even further. Yeah. Uh, Ruby Soho chased Tay Mello up the ramp to try and, you know, as Tay Mello was trying to get a count-out loss, uh, Mello hit a DDT on the ramp, um, but ultimately, Ruby won. Decent grudge match, I thought. Anna Jay attacked Ruby Soho afterwards, so that feud will go in that direction. Yeah, she hit a gory bomb, so Ruby's face hit the mat. So it was, you know, the DDT on the ramp there and mm -hmm. the mat stuff, all focused around the nose, which is what this whole thing has been based around because Time Mello shattered her nose on the All Out mm -hmm. pre-show. Um, I mean, it's great to have Ruby back on TV, if only so we can hear Taz sing her entrance theme again. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho! So there was a lot to love on this episode. If I had to pick one favorite part, it was this next two-minute backstage clip. I'm so glad that you liked this because mm. there was every chance I was going to come in here and be like, well, this is my favorite thing on the show. And you were like, yeah, I thought it was fine. <laughs> Alex Marvez goes into sort of the trainer's room because Hangman Page is still getting checked out for concussion protocol. Evil Uno's in there with him. And Hangman Page is sitting on the trainer's massage table and he just cuts a promo about what happened after that concussion that he suffered and this is the first time we've heard him speak since that because we've had the brawl he wasn't on last week's episode and here he is now and he said he woke up in hospital he was unconscious for 60 seconds and people started to ask him what date is it and he was like this is the date people asked him what were you doing when you passed out i was wrestling john moxley and they were like oh good there's no brain damage and then they picked up his phone and the doctor or nurse said, oh, who's this Who's this person on, on your phone? And Hangman Page was like, that's my son. And I'm like, oh, what's his name? And Hangman Page couldn't remember. And, like, and I looked into his beautiful green eyes and I could not remember his name. It's It was a heartbreaking performance by Page. It feels like there was some genuine realism mm. to this. And it, it makes me feel like this actually did happen. And it's... I remember when uh, Foley told the story of 
because of all the concussion problems that he'd had during his career, and the moment he realized he needed to retire was he drove past his house because yeah. he forgot where he lived. Um, Bully Ray telling the story of he got knocked out so badly during a ladder match that he had to ask Chris Jericho, how do you climb a ladder? Mm. And then in the hospital later on, kept asking how his mum was. And his mum had been dead. So he just had like going through the grief and, and bawling through that. Like it's those heartbreaking stories of uh, of concussions and the mm. real serious dangers around them that made this, the realism to this really affected me. It was, I thought it was the greatest promo on this show. Mm. Which had the MJF promo, had the Starks promo, mm. it had Jeff Jarrett's promo. <laughs> and but like this one here was huh. unbelievably great. I really like it because it adds this tragic fate-fueled finality to him and Mox's feud. Because I love that brawl. I thought that was such a good return for Hangman, and then we haven't seen him since. And it I was, was on like, Rampage. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and it's like, what's um, what are you gonna do? It's babyface versus babyface. Is Mox gonna work more heel? I don't know. But the way they've set it up with this motivation makes it like Mox isn't in the wrong, but Hangman has to beat him up to get revenge because of this. And it's just something. And Mox is like, I understand. You have to hate me. I what a. What a horrible, tragic story. I love it so much. And it, yeah. it genuinely does make me want to watch Rampage mm. because I know that these two are going to have an interaction because mm -hmm. Moxley's resting on the show. He's called out Hangman and said, bring your Dark Order friends with you. Uh, so I'm, I'm, that's, yeah. that's why I'm going to be tuning into Rampage for us to see the next part of this. Uh, we got a Dustin Rhodes promo with the best friends. Uh, they're also going to be fighting on Rampage. Yeah, you're right. I, this is the first week in, God, months that I've been like probably going to watch Rampage Saturday morning. Yeah, so it's Dustin Rhodes, uh, Best Friends, and Orange Cassidy versus Kip Sabian, Trent Seven, Butcher, and Blade. Mm. And is, are they also in the Roosh family office? Oh, what? Trent Seven and Kip Sabian? Yeah, with the Butcher and the Blade? I'm so confused. Probably not. No. But the main event was MJF versus Ricky Starks. About 20 minutes after the show, they wrestled for 15. It felt so big time because of last week's promo, the promos throughout the night, the whole ring entrances and ring announcing. And it was a, it was a really decent match. A lot of MJF heel shenanigans. Uh, I just love watching him wrestle because he does those spots really well. He stormed into the front rows and he knocked some person's popcorn out of their hands and flicked another guy's hat off. And both those fans were like, Yes! <laughs> I thought that's going to, if he does that in every match, that's going to really get over. It's going to get over. Yeah. But um, MJF smart enough to know to not do that and get babyface reactions yeah, yeah. because he is a tremendous. Like this match was very late 80s, early 90s, mm. NWA, WCW. Like, and that's what MJF like really plays up to, that old school heel mentality. And he's so great at doing yeah. that. He is a Ric Flair-like wrestler. He's a Ric Flair heel of this chicken S-word who is also a great wrestler and ekes out these victories, but still presents himself as the biggest star on this show. He is so, so great at doing that. What's, what's more annoying character-wise is that I think he can beat people, like just on his own merit, but he takes the shortcut at every opportunity. Doesn't even do it when he has to. It's like, I'll just eye poke, yeah. bite, ropes for leverage. Oh, they did that classic <laughs> spot. So, I mean, MJF locked in the abdominable stretch. <laughs> oh no, not the abdominable stretch. And Ricky's there going like, no. And MJF is holding onto the ropes for that extra leverage. I have no idea what the, the ropes does, but I know that it's bad because it makes Ricky scream more. And then the referee catches him doing it. It's like, Huh? Yeah. And then the referee kicks his hands off <laughs> and it leads into some moves by Ricky Starks. Oh, it was. Sean Rossap described this match on Twitter as a hoot. Yeah. Yeah. And that is exactly what this match was. I had such a good time with it. Loved MJF, loved Ricky Starks' performance. I thought both of them got a lot out of this. And they set up MJF's next big program afterwards as well. So, all round thumbs up from me. So Max hid behind the referee at one point, low blow behind the referee's back on Ricky, got the pin to win. And then MJF was out there pretty fast. And Brian Danielson made his return, chased Max out the steps up the arena, and there's your next feud. And Danielson raised Ricky's arm at the end to close the show. So, yeah, it was a hoot. Cannot deny that. Um, it's the third 
best thing on this episode? Uh, yo, yeah, I suppose, probably. Yeah. Is that a testament to the episode? Or is that a sign that there was a chance to do something here that the potential wasn't fulfilled? And what I mean is, last week, off of that promo, Ricky Starks was suddenly one of the most exciting prospects in wrestling. I'm not saying that he should beat MJF to win the championship. That's absurd. But he needed something. I don't think this was the something that he needed. I think he needed more. Yeah, so we, we had this discussion a little bit earlier. Uh, you made the suggestion of they could have made it a 2-4 match. The first fall is for the diamond ring. The second fall is for the uh, for the world title. That way you could have had Ricky Starks pin MJF and win the diamond ring, but then MJF ultimately pins him and, defend, and wins the or defends the title. I don't know how much I agree with that because a you're you're pinning your champion, which I'm never massively fond of, and it's something that AEW very rarely mm. do. <clears throat> but also B, I mean, you just beaten Ricky anyway, so him getting the diamond ring doesn't really do anything for him. Like if anything, I think that makes it that it's net zero as opposed to growing anything. Whereas I think him getting these amazing near falls in this match, particularly like off the Liger bomb, nearly hitting the, he never got to hit his finish. And he only lost because of heel shenanigans by MJF. That raises his stock and makes him feel more main event than it does if he'd have just won a diamond ring but then lost a world title. I Yeah, obviously I disagree. Um, I didn't really buy... I never bought into a single near fall. No, I mean, I didn't either, but they no. were still very good near falls. Uh, I thought they were fine near falls. I thought the near falls in the Jericho match were better. Uh, I just felt like we should be leaving this episode going, oh my God, Ricky Starks is the next big thing. I'm like, they did a, he lost, sure, but man, they gave him everything. But I'm not feeling that. I, I'm kind of at that point with AEW where I was with the main roster WWE a couple of years ago, where I stopped getting excited about NXT call-ups because I knew they would get ruined. I'm not saying people will get ruined in AEW, far from it. I'm saying they'll get forgotten about and they'll slip down the card and actually all of this was more of a way to give something for MJF to set up a Danielson feud rather than building Starks. And personally, I think that's a mistake. You're totally right, though. MJF losing that first fall would harm MJF. But he'd win the second full and keep the championship and likely hold it for an entire year. Yeah, but doesn't get anything out of it either. I then. think you do. I think you've got the you've got the diamond ring. And if MJF cheats to win the second match, you can have this whole year of Ricky Starks going, I've got your ring and I know I can beat you. And he's just and I will take that title belt off of you before this year is out. And then you've got this constant I do like that. Angle of threat against for, from Starks, but also there's a little seed of doubt in MJF's mind mm -hmm. that, oh no, I did lose my first match. And I don't think that turns him into a chicken S-word heel. I think that turns him into a more complex three-dimensional heel. That I completely do not disagree with whatsoever. It, it would have been a very interesting story, a very interesting angle. I don't think it would have given Ricky anything on this evening because he still would have been pinned. But there's something, like, But that again is... That's just how the follow-up does. So you can still do a really good follow-up with Ricky after this performance. That would have got, and you end up with the same result, him still feeling like a main eventer without pinning the champion or giving him very little in, in doing so. I mean, for me, and I, I think part of my, the reason why I'm not so down on this, and I'm, or I might have been more down on it, was Jericho in his promo called out Ricky Starks, which to me suggests that's the next mm -hmm. program for Ricky. So Ricky's going straight into a feud with Jericho. And Jericho's, we've just talked about, he's going on this really interesting character direction here. So if Ricky Starks is getting involved in that, that does a lot for Ricky as well. That does a lot for Jericho. And Jericho is in this mindset of putting over the younger guys. That is going to raise Ricky's stock. But I will concede, I'm putting that on AEW because Jericho said it in a promo. I don't know that is the direction they're going. And if they don't go in that direction and Ricky doesn't get anything, then a lot of this was for now. But I don't know that at this point. I don't know that either. But I'm not sure if they do. Well, he could, do he could have won the diamond ring and they would have done nothing with that either. And he'd have just held on to it for a year and just and yeah. not done anything yeah. with it at all, which means that would have also done anything. We don't know the direction we're going with Ricky yet. I guess if you take out everything, like the follow up, whether it be good or bad, this in isolation. I felt like they didn't give Ricky Starks enough to make, 
to to capitalize on last week's build. He is definitely less over than he was last week. I that I would disagree with. Okay. But overall, I love this show and I did love that main event too. I just thought there was there was a chance to do something and I think it the boat has passed. I, that the train has passed. The car has passed. <laughs> the moped has passed. The kazoo has passed. <laughs> the hover boat has passed. The electric scooter Ew, has God, passed. No one wants one of those. They're really fun. <laughs> they're not as good as segways. They're a, they're a, they're a poor man's segway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I thought this was an awesome... I thought this was a five out of five show. Wow. The only thing I thought was like not all that great on it was the, the women's match. I, everything else I thought was... I loved every single segment on this show. Yeah. I had so much fun watching this show. It really did remind me of the Dynamite of old. And I came out of it being like, I want to watch Rampage and I want to watch Dynamite next week. Mm -hmm. So this was a huge thumbs up show for me. I had a brilliant time. I was just going to count it. You enjoyed everything, even the, and I remember, yes, of yeah. course, the Jeff Jarrett stuff. It's his world. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, before we get into our remaining Omega chats, please send them into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Uh, let's go through our wonderful pledge hammers on Patreon. Indeed, yeah. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestletalk where you'll get access to our weekly RSS feed load. You get a brand new podcast every single Wednesday. Yesterday, in fact, was me, Oliver Davis, and Pete Quinnell taking you behind the scenes of WrestleTalk, talking about survival series, a photo shoot we did recently, the Christmas party that Pete and I could not go to, uh, and all the fun stories that came out of that. And we also went into uh, the Vince McMahon video that mm -hmm. you and I mm -hmm. had to make, uh, talking about me joining the company in my first like six months with WrestleTalk full time. And in that video as well, I said, oh, man, when the Vince McMahon thing, it really blindsided me because I thought we were done with big news stories of the year. And Oliver Davis said, nah, there'll be a release or something. Not a few hours later, Mandy Rose got released. There I was at home <laughs> making a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's happened, has it? Well, that's my evening researching. <laughs> Damn it. But thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Cue the music if it's available. Indeed. Breaking news, Justin Edelheat. The heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Up above and Keith below. Always leave the crowd wanting Brian Moore. Le Meilleur au monde. Links the sun. It's got a name. Links well. the sun, <laughs> Le Meilleur au monde. Pick him up, loot sponge. Lord Crescendo. Too hot to, too lot to handle, <laughs> Lottie McClough. Manipulating Manny O'Maria. How do you like them apples, Marcel Jura? Marcus, he's got Sol Campbell. And lastly, for this Hall of Fame class on the 15th of December, 2022, have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Thank you very much. If anyone wants to give us a Christmas gift this holiday season, Sign up to Patreon, and then you get a Christmas gift back. Helps us. You get more WrestleTalk content. It's a win everywhere. Um, right, your remaining Omega chat. John Rye, every time I see Jarrett on TV, I shout, <laughs> Damn it, Luke! because I somehow feel like it's his fault. <laughs> and I feel like we should all blame Luke for Jarrett and Lethal. Great episode of Dynamite. Where is Miro? Why do we keep getting Jarrett? Damn it, Luke. Well, as we, we've all been saying this whole year, we need more Jarrett, less Miro. <laughs> so it's, I'm glad to see that AEW is following up on the fan demands. Charles Berg, just remember, after winter has come, white stuff appears. <laughs> Very fun show that was helped by a hot, hot, hot crowd. Excellent promos from MJF, Page and Starks, and a lovely job of victory. Fun fact about Don Callis, his first name is short for Donathan. Jam that jam. Well, there you go. Is that? It's not right. It's Donald, right? I would have thought it'd be Donald. Do <laughs> I'm just Marcus. Well, they did it. Hangman's promo actually made me mad at Mox. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they also continue, I've also never seen Max run uh, that fast. He broke the barricade. Not that I blame him. The look on Danielson's face is the stuff nightmares are made of. Impressive to run that quick after a 15-minute match. Veria, as soon as Jericho said, I'm going to beat a jobber, my brain knew he was saying that on purpose. So 
Okay. All right. Here's what's happening. No, hold on. Hold on. They do continue. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I jumped the gun. I was going to start saying, oh, yes, yeah, so and everyone saw that Jericho lost coming. My brain knew it was saying it on purpose so it could give someone a good performance, but I never thought he would actually win the match. Scream so loud, my parents had to check to me, check on me. I also, yeah, yeah. audibly went, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, I was like, whoa, whoa. Uh, Will Campbell. Hey guys, as Ollie said in his review, it's a bit of a shame, a bit of a shame that the ending of the show couldn't be more about Ricky, even if Danielson versus MJF is going to be amazing. Also, on another note, I think Chris Jericho is nothing short of a wrestling genius. You could say he's a bit of a wizard. Hmm. Christopher Jazzcat. Starks versus MJF reminded me of... <laughs> oh, Big is... Show versus Boss Man. Armageddon 1999. Big Show's one and only pay-per-view title defense against the hardcore champion, the Big Boss Man. Because the main event yeah. was saved for Triple H versus Vince McMahon. Because of course Triple H was always the main event. <sighs> I forgot about Jazzcat's takes. <laughs> Not a good idea for MJF's first title defense. First few title defenses should be more established stars. They should have saved Starks for near the end of MJF's title run. Great show overall. Four out of five for me. Um, he's gonna get Danielson. Yeah, this is this was like the first match, but the first few is Danielson. Danielson. This this is more about putting Ricky over than it was establishing MJF's title run. Which is why, thank you, thank you for just saying why I'm right. I didn't say you were like that. Doesn't uh, say you yeah, were yeah, right yeah. because we we did establish Ricky. It's Starks. more about we did establish Ricky Starks in this match. The big he didn't get to hit his finish. He had that amazing spear. He got some like on, I think you're not putting over the near falls as much as you are. Like they I, MJF was so good at 2.99999 kickouts. Made the crowd think he was gonna win. Again, the crowd cheered Jarrah. I did lose faith in them a bit. <laughs> Rob Buck. Hey, gents. Decent main event, but I think they are invested in MJF too much for me to think he'll lose, which puts Brian Danielson exactly where he was a year ago, a challenger to be defeated that's just big enough of a star to make you think he might win. Well, that then puts any wrestling company in a very tricky position of how do you make any champion look strong then? Because this is the problem that like fans have got against Roman at the moment. It's like, well, I don't care about Roman matches because he always wins. I was like, well, yeah, he's the champion. He was like, well, I don't care about this MJF match because I know MJF's going to win. I was like, well, yeah, he's the champion. You get stories to, to make yeah. you think, yeah. Uh, Tem Ruzza, Menberg for 16 months. Lads, love this dynamite. 2023 seems great for AEW New Japan. Cheering is back for Wrestle Kingdom. So happy. Might be going. Awesome. Ooh. Mercedes, come on in. Yeah, I mean, that is, it's the first time in a few years where like Wrestle Kingdom has got like a, oh man, I should have might want to check out mm. Wrestle Kingdom, particularly. I mean, if, if not just for Omega versus Osprey, you know, it's going to have Carl yeah. Anderson uh, yeah. on the show. It's going to be a really, really stacked lineup. Plus, on top of that, the potential rumor that yeah, Sasha Banks is going to be mm. debuting. Uh, at ten, it says not AEW race. It's just a weird coincidence. Uh, a few people have pointed this out. Luke released Mandy Rose in WWE 2K22 the same week as WWE released Mandy Rose. So I released her on episode 13 of the Monday Night War. But you recorded that a month ago? Months months ago. I think we recorded that in October. Did you think when you saw the rose, were you like, oh, I just released Never it? Never even thought yeah, of it. It was only either. until people started tweeting me being like, oh, Luke, what have you done? I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, no, did I cause this? Uh, and lastly for now, Edgar Carrasco has been a member for... 12 months in a row says hi luke wanted to know if you or dan layton have watched a violent night it's like home alone and die hard mix mm -hmm. heard you tuesday with pete r.i.p um i mean i have not seen it yet i really want to see it though um but apparently the, the pitch version you know because it's the creators of um john wick and the pitch version they went in for to the executive was just it's die hard with santa and they were like perfect going go we got that in the lift Ho, ho, ho. Oh, but this no, is with actual Santa. And then then they said, what's it called? And off the cuff he went, Violent Night. Oh, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Well, that's it. You're greenlit. Go and get it made. That's <laughs> sold. Um, got one more from the Zornies. What do you mean by the, the match was a hoot? What do you mean by the match was a hoot? Help Fun. your non-English listeners. Oh, yeah. So a uh, hoot would be like a, a laugh, a jape, uh, a fun time. It was a hoot. Uh, and Nicky Boy Komaroto has a lolly, but as a heel, he bites on the candy and leaves just a stick. The more you watch Dark and Rampage, the more you know. It is a lolly. Love you, boys. 
There you go. It is I thought it was a lolly. I thought it was just, you know, you've seen like pictures of him with a. Have you really? Yeah, I swear I have. I just thought he was just had like a little, you know, toothpick style thing. Like a Scott Hall thing. Yeah. Um, and one last minute one, Justin Edelheat. Hi guys, Jericho losing to a jobber was shocking. Did not see it coming, like winter. I feel like it was done on purpose to make us marks think Ricky Starks actually had a chance against my guy, MJF. It's actually a very good point. Yeah. It didn't, don't think didn't it work that no. way, but... Yeah, the idea of setting up an upset early on. Yeah. A lot of upsets on Final Battle as well, if you watched it. Um, but I then don't think that story was carried through to the main event. Thank you very much for joining us here for the AEW Dynamite Review Podcast. Actually, my last one of the year. No, actually, no, I'll be back on the last yes. uh, you, Dynamite of the year. Yeah, you'll be doing the last, last one of the year. You're off next week. What I means... meant to say is I'm just not here next week. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's our last AEW Review together. Uh, because next until week, January, until January, yeah. because next week it's me and Tempest, and then the week after it'll be you and I believe Dave Bradshaw Ooh, uh, reviewing the show. So yeah, uh, that is going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. However, tomorrow it is another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Then on Saturday, Tempest and Sat Iniangi will be reviewing SmackDown, which will be a hell of a lot of fun. And then uh, coming up next week as well, the festive content begins we have got loads of festive content coming up we've got wrestler of the year 2022 we have got best shows best matches worst matches worst pay-per-views and the always anticipated christmas show and even more anticipated 2023 predictions ollie and i recorded it earlier today we've got some very good predictions in there some very interesting mm, predictions yeah some some very convoluted predictions <laughs> I do, as a bit of a tease for everyone, one of my predictions has six elements to it. <laughs> uh, but until then, everyone, I've been Luco in DAT. That has been Oliver Davis. Jam that jam. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 